Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, you're going to meet Sean and Gina Martin, talking very openly and honest about bipolar depression and its impact on family, marriage, and faith. You don't want to miss this one. I call this episode Anchored, Faith and Bipolar Depression, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Well, thank you guys again for doing this. Sean, you've been so very vocal on Facebook that when I first saw you, listened to what you were sharing, I was like, I've got to interview him. And then Mm -hmm. I can't interview you without interviewing your wife because obviously, you know, one affects the other. So I just Mm -hmm. really want to have you open it up so my audience can hear, you know, first tell us about you. Who are you? Introduce your family, your beautiful girls, and then maybe just share some of your journey. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, my name is Sean, and this is Gina, and we've been married for over 30 years now. Uh, in, my, in both of our senior years at Cal State Northridge, and um, we, uh, we started dating, and uh, about a year after we got um, out of college, we eloped. We moved to the Barry and eloped, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, and then we, uh, wasn't that, I mean, you know, you love that. I mean, it wasn't like something like, you know, exotic, exotic and right. It's more like we probably didn't get married. So mm-hmm. today's Tuesday. How about Thursday? Okay. <laughs> All mm-hmm. right. <laughs> That's about how it worked out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we should get married I, because we didn't want to live together. Right. So we should, well, we should probably get married. And it probably was like kind of like that. It's a Tuesday. It's like, okay, well, we can get married by Thursday. All right. Well, it's just, it's actually on a Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday. So it probably Wednesday. was a Monday and then we got married on a, on a San Wednesday. Jose Courthouse. San Jose Courthouse. Okay. We have witnesses. We asked some complete strangers to be our witnesses. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we're like, sure. I'm like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Sign a certificate for us. So. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we, uh, then uh, four years later, we had our first daughter, Jasmine. Uh, Jasmine is now living. Uh, in the Bay Area, she uh, in uh, Silicon Valley. She lives in Cupertino with uh, uh, four other uh, uh, sisters in our church, mm-hmm. and she's uh, leads the teen ministry out there. And she has uh, a good job. I guess I do, but she has a good job. Very good job. <laughs> you know, she's doing fine. And yeah, and then we had two and a half years after that, we had our daughter Megan, who's now married, married mm-hmm. a wonderful man. They both live in uh, Michigan and Grand Rapids, Michigan now. Ooh, and, cold weather. Uh, and Megan, um, she's had kind of her own journey with uh, some uh, challenges, uh, you know, mental health challenges that I've dealt with too. But uh, now that she's kind of gotten out of the house and kind of led her own life, she's a lot happier. So we're real happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know. There's thank no you. Empty for, nesters. 
Yeah, now you're empty nesters. But uh, thank you for mentioning just the mental health because I know that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So um, just how long has your journey been? Maybe share some of what your struggles are. And you've been sharing a lot about the effect that the pandemic has had on you. Mm -hmm. So maybe just share a little bit with our audience kind of what your experience has been. Um, well, I've been uh, dealing with um, mental health issues ever since junior high. I really, I mean, I noticed it within myself in eighth grade. I was um, on the, uh, it was like a pee break or something, and I was acting very, um, for lack of a better term, hyper. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and I thought to myself, I go, what's wrong with me? I normally don't act. And, and through high school and all through high school and college, I would just go to bed at night crying, just get very depressed and very upset. And I just, um, I just thought that was normal. I really didn't talk about it to anybody. I just kind of uh, thought that's how it was. And, and uh, uh, I remember, um, it's funny, I remember in 11th grade, it's uh, my brother-in-law, um, that was in a terrible motorcycle accident. And there was a lot of stress in our family because of that. He was in, actually in a coma for three months. Wow. And uh, my parents had almost gotten divorced after that. So things had kind of calmed down, mm -hmm. but uh, they got all, you know, if things got stressful again, I had knots, uh, butterflies or knots, I mean, in my stomach all the time. And I remember by the end of 11th grade, I came out walking, my dad was picking me up from school and I actually threw up because I was so stressed. Mm -hmm. And that, and the reason I bring that up is that's kind of a characteristic. I would get so overwhelmed and stressed. One thing I was diagnosed with in, say, 1999 was uh, moderately bipolar. Mm. And as I re have researched being bipolar, I said, oh, wow, that makes sense. Because, and, and Gina can talk about that too, is, you know, one day I'll be really up and happy and the other day I'll be crabby and angry or down and depressed and and it's I can't think straight and uh, I lose my temper and and all kinds of stuff like that and right and it got to a point I, I created such an environment in our house that Gina just basically kind of had enough of it mm. and and it um and it, you know it, it you know there was like a like a tipping point one night and I just uh, realized that um, I need some help. So I had been seeing psychiatrists or, you know, therapists and things off and on, but I really didn't take it seriously. So right. this was back in 2010. And so I went to this group called Life Skills International. And that was the best thing I've ever done in my life. And it really helped me to kind of deal with the deeper things in my life you know we hear these words like trigger and safe spaces but you know there really are things that trigger people right. i think most notably would be with veterans that we're all very familiar with with ptsd right. but there's a lot of trauma and things that go on in people's lives that it, it comes out in anger and um and for me that being combined with being depressed with being moderately bipolar and anxiety issues that was just a mess. It was like a, uh, like a concoction of just, uh, um, I don't know what the word for it is, but just, it was really very depressing. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there were, there would be times, uh, there's a thing called suicidal ideations. Mm -hmm. And I would get that where I would just imagine just what it'd be like to kill myself. 
And I would do that a lot, especially when some sort of stresses would come into my life. And it was, I guess it was mainly kind of like a release valve. It was, um, uh, it's a way to kind of like, oh, I know I have an out. I won't take it, but I know there's one there. Right. And um, I think the farthest I ever got along was probably around 2008 or 2009, where if I, if I rated uh, on a scale of one to 10, one is not suicidal at all or anything, 10 is actually doing it. I got up mm -hmm. to about a six and a half. Well, you know, I started re researching how you write uh, suicide notes and things like that. And, uh, right. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's been kind of it. I think uh, uh, what I realized, too, is with the pandemic, um, well, I'll go take a step back. You have body changes, uh, you know, your, your body, you know, hormonal changes, your body fun functions differently. And as I've been getting older, I've come to realize that I've had to change medications I've taken. Mm -hmm. So what was working before wasn't necessarily working now. And so what I find is I went on this cycle where I would get uh, what is called a super manic episode and where I'd right. be crying and upset and I couldn't think and I'd be almost like freaked out. And that's what happened that one time when I posted that video, when I started getting suicidal thoughts and getting overwhelmed, I go, I got to call somebody. So I mm -hmm. called the suicide hotline and, um, I talked with uh, friends at church, and uh, and then, then I actually went um, for um, six weeks. I worked half half days, and it's it's kind of discouraging for me because that's the third time I've been on disability due to uh, mental health issues. Right. It, uh, it causes me to be insecure. It's like, geez, I got to find another job, something that's a little more um, uh, works with my temperament. I guess is the best way. Right. To say. Right. So right now, uh, I've just been adjusting my medication that I take, and that seems to be working. Mm -hmm. Another challenge I have is I, I can't sleep at night. This is my mind starts to race. So I've been given medication to help me sleep. So wow. I don't really like taking all those medications, but I have to, because right. I know the, if I don't, uh, I know what I'll be like. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't be that way. And it's not fair to Gina either. Right. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that, let me ask. So Gina, how is that for you? Now you guys have been married a long time. Um, mm -hmm. So this isn't anything new, but I'm sure the different, you know, grades mm -hmm. for lack of a better term of, you know, the intensity of it. How has it been for you? How has you, how have you coped with it as a wife and mother? So, yeah. So, hmm. yeah. So, I guess, so background for, for myself, when we shot, I've been, I've been married for 30 years. Um, I grew up in a household that had mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I basically married it. You know, mm -hmm. and so um, something maybe for your listeners to think about, like, you know, mm -hmm. is that something that's something familiar in your past? My mom um, was bipolar. And so Sean's behavior, right. and the, the stresses that caused me to feel, you know, upset and anxious, you know, um, I, had, I grew up with that. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was perfectly normal. Normal. You know? Right. And so you don't realize it's not normal because mm -hmm. it's something, you know, because no one told you it wasn't. And so, um, you know, I've got family members who also have depression too. So, um, I'd say probably, well, yeah. So I have family members, I have, you know, um, relations like, you know, uh, cousins and stuff like that that have 
um, how that say, you know, have, you know, so it's something that kind of runs in the family, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And so, um, or it seems to be common in the family, you know, and so, um, so I married it. And so, um, so Sean's ups and downs were familiar with what, what I was going through with my mother, you know, and so I felt like I had to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to be the one responsible. I had to be the, um, the calm one in the household. Right. And so, so consequently, you kind of shut your own feelings down because someone else is really feeling something, either really up or really down, that you, you just kind of have to be like even keeled because there's enough motion, emotion going on in the house. You know, when you have right. kids, then you, you, you really, you know, someone, at least for me, I felt like I, okay, well, I got to protect the kids. So I would be the calm one. Mm-hmm. You know? So it didn't matter what my feelings were, just suck it up and take care of the kids, make sure the kids are okay. So, you know, make sure they have a, a safe, but they're not feeling anxiety. And so, um, yeah, so, and, you know, and my daughter turns out, you know, she's got, you know, some, you know, her own health issues. <sighs> but, um, no, I'm not crying yet. <laughs> it's, it's lit. First of all, it's okay to cry. It's okay to get emotional. What we're talking about is some deep stuff. Yeah. So I just appreciate you guys being willing to share it. Sure. Why would you share it? Hopefully it helps people. So um, anyway, so I, you know, it really did help when he went to life skills because I really was kind of my wit's end. You know, I'd had enough. You know, I think the comment was, you probably need to find a wife who can take better care of you because I couldn't do it. I was done. You know, I was exhausted. You know, we had gone through, um, we had gone through the whole housing crisis. We'd lost house. You know, we were the process of losing another house, mm-hmm. you know, trying to pack up and move, trying to keep things normal for my kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he would, and he would go on and off medication. At that time, he was kind of on and off medication. So mm-hmm. he'd go off his medication and he was all over the place. And then he would go on medication and it wasn't quite working. And so the reaction was all, you know, so it was just really like, it like a few years of just roller coaster roller coaster that's mm-hmm. all you know to describe it it's like up down up down twists turns all you know you just didn't know what you're gonna get from one day to the next right and so which is very similar to what i grew up with mm-hmm. and so but it still didn't feel good you know but it was like okay well, that's kind of my mother never went on medication but you know so i had to live with that constantly with her and so but you know it just you just feel the pressure and so yeah i know i remember when he started going to life skills and life skills is a you know it's a year-long weekly class and mm-hmm. so it's well, almost a year long it's like 36 weeks and so and i remember him going to life skills and he's coming back and like i learned this i learned this and i just felt so resentful like after 20 something years of marriage now you're now you're trying to figure this out you know how much pain i went through for 20 years mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just up and down and now you're like i figured this out i'm learning this i'm like great i'm happy for you i mean it's like all right, fine, you know, good for right. you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but then I went to life skills after he went to life skills. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go deal with my own issues, you know, yes. so to speak. And so, you know, dig down in my own, what trigger, what my triggers were, you know, and, and really understand, you know, what, um, what, what would set me off and what would cause me to shut down. Right. So, yeah. So, so I think, you know, coming, going through all that, coming out the other end of all that, you know, that firewall, so to speak. Um, I feel like we're a much healthier place. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're able to communicate better. I think yeah. that, you know, one of the things that once you learn what your triggers are, um, the trigger no longer has power over yeah. you. Yes. You know? 
And so then you start to realize, you know, you have a trigger. I don't know if it's the best way to describe it, but you have a trigger, but then the trigger um, may be something from your past, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so say that, you know, one of your triggers is that, and you don't really realize it, but it triggers that, you know, you feel like you're not being heard, you know? And so, but that came back when you were a child, you know, because maybe you were overlooked and ignored when you were a child, you know, when you spoke up and you had needs and no one listened to your needs. And right. so that kind of rolls through your whole childhood and, you know, your adulthood now. And so your husband says something inadvertently and you feel like he didn't listen to what, I'm, what I need. And so it takes you right back to your childhood. So right. it's not really what he said. It's really your childhood that's talking mm-hmm. to you, and that's mm-hmm. where the trigger is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you really do have to kind of go back and, you know, and, and uh, I think what they said, it's called, it's called like hooking a wound. So something he did, hooked a wound, that wound is really a trigger. You got to go back and do the homework of figuring right. out where did it first begin? Yep. What happened there? And so, yep. and then you realize like, well, because I wasn't really fully listened to here, that's why I'm not feeling, his, it's not really his fault, it's really what happened way back in the past. And so it takes the power away from that trigger and it takes the, the sting out of the trigger. Yes. So consequently, you learn how to respond in a different way. You know, right. maybe instead of like, he's not listening to me, it's like, you know what? You speak more clearly. I need blank. And you speak up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, you learn to respond in a different way so that you get a different result. And so then you move past your trigger your trigger no longer is a trigger anymore, you know, because you respond faster than the anger that gets you kind of lowered up to, you know, to get angry and mad, right. and, you know, do whatever you do when you may get triggered. You know, some people slam doors, some people go, go mm-hmm. silent, some people yell, some, you know, whatever your, whatever your, whatever your response is as a trigger, you, you take that power away from that trigger. And so no, like, no, there's a trigger me anymore. You know, yeah. and so it becomes a, how, a more peaceful household, you know, mm-hmm. because now you have two people, or communicating as adults, not as adults, children in adults' bodies. Right. You know, the wounded children. The, ch- the wounded, wounded children. children. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're 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 taking care of that child. You know, making sure that that child is getting their needs met by right. you, know, you know taking care of it. So, yeah. During the time when you know, well, prior to him going to life skills, it was definitely a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Know? And so. Um, I just didn't know what to expect from one moment to the next because he doesn't know when his manic times are coming. He can't look at a calendar and say, right. all right, in three days, the manic time's coming. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't, it doesn't you know, announce itself. You know? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't announce yourself. And so it's like, you, it's, it's going to happen. And you kind of have to just, you know, you know, sometimes they'll tell me, it's like, I'm in my manic phase. Like, I know. I've married you for 30 years. I know. I've been there. Yeah. So, um, you know, and so, you know, you still, there's still a roller coaster, right? I mean, it doesn't completely go away. Even with medication, there's still some there. Right. But um, I think we handle it with much better grace, and I don't panic. And I just kind of go, okay, well, it'll come and it'll go. Kind of go. Yeah. You know, summer storm. It comes and it's going to go. And then yeah. it'll I usually back, take the so. day off work and just sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So tell me, you guys have been married 30 years, but I know you both have been Christians for a long period of time, too. 30 years tomorrow. (laughs) How long? 30 years tomorrow. 30 years tomorrow. Wow. So how do you, how have you reconciled this with God in the sense of, God, why am I going through all this? I have devoted my life to you for 30 years and my life is still a roller coaster ride. Why am I having to struggle through this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So many times we just can't make sense of the testimony mm-hmm. 
that yeah. God has given us. So what has been your process? What has it been like for you? You want to speak first? Mm -hmm. I, 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 just, I just back it up. Um, so what I learned from going through life skills is that my relationship with God has to go deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, it's one thing, you know, you study the Bible and you, you learn, you know, God's love for you. You learn what sin is, you know, you get, you, you, you kind of learn you know, all the, all the basics, right? Right. But then you got to go deeper. And that's what life skills took me to, right? Because there's nothing in the Bible about triggers, you know, so to speak. <laughs> you know, they're going to say, if you look at the, the word trigger, it's not going to be there. I just right. on triggers, so that's not going to be there. Right. right. This is where, this is where your, your relationship with God has to go deeper, you know? And so, you know, was it a sin that my mom had, you know, was bipolar and didn't take medication for it? No, there probably wasn't any medication at the time. Or if there was, it was so radical. She didn't take, I don't know why, you know, but she didn't take it. And so, you know, I had to go through it. And so um, what, what it has helped me to be grateful, I think going through what I have, I've, I've, I'm grateful that God says, you got to go deeper. You know, I want my relationship with you to go, relationship with you to go deeper. And so when I started looking at my childhood, started looking at the triggers, you know, what sets me off and then apologizing to God for, you know, letting 30 years, you know, well, 20 something years of the time of triggers run my life, mm -hmm. you know, my marriage. And then, and then really, you know, God just wants us to let go of the, of the sin and the anger and the anxiety. And so, but you got to dig to go find the way what happened to begin with, you right. know? You know, when someone says they're angry, it's usually because they're not feeling, not heard, or they're feeling frustrated, or they're feeling scared. Yeah. So which is it, you know? Mm -hmm. When he gets, he has his anxiety, well, I probably feel all three of those at some point during that whole, his, his whole roller coaster trip, mm -hmm. I'm feeling scared, anxious, and frustrated, right? Like, because he can't hear me, because he's manic. You know, I'm feeling scared, like, how long is this going to go? And I'm feeling really frustrated, like, oh, one more time you know, and so it comes out in anger, or it comes out in some kind of, you know, um, self-harm, you know, right. and self-harm, not, 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 my, it could be anything, but for me, my self-harm is I'll go eat chocolate, and right. I'll eat a lot of it, mm -hmm. you know, and so consequently, then I get upset, because, well, why am I gaining so much weight? Well, I can't do it with chocolate, because it's him, I'm like, no, it's you, because of the choices you make, you know, you have to take responsibility for your own choices, which is what God wants you to do, you know, right. Be responsible for your own decisions. What I learned is um, probably the first, uh, I would say, at least uh, 12 years, uh, we, we had become Christians in what was called the San Francisco Church of Christ. And frankly, they, you know, they didn't have the um, ability to deal with, uh, cha you know, specific challenges people had. It's either, you know, you're not having a quiet time. That's why you're, you're not having your quiet times. That's why you're going through all this. You're not uh, praying and reading the Bible the way you need to. And right. you're not being open about sins in your life. And I mean, that ultimately, you know, just that constant pressure and feeling guilt all the time combined with being bipolar and depression, that, that actually put me on disability um, for uh, two months. They wanted to make it three months. And from there, I, I, I remember praying. I, I said, God, get me away from disciples. It's, they're bad for me. I, I, I remember praying that. Right. And uh, so, I, you know, I think uh, it, it went into kind of a bitterness, like with the church and not trusting people, you know, 
but then God is 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 healed us of that the, the way I see it um I, I think now God has driven me more to listen to the Holy Spirit yes you know mm-hmm. understand that people's advice is just that it's just advice opinions right. Right. but to go to the go to God first yeah. and not just run to somebody and say tell me what to do with my life you yeah. know really wrestle and seek after God and I think that's what God has finally taught me and I'm a lot more at peace mm-hmm. I think another thing too just I wanted to add this in is I noticed, you know, we've both wrestled and fought with God and uh, it's not just, you know, it's because there were deep, there were deep roots there in both of our hearts and we didn't look at, um, you know, challenges in our lives that well, forget it. I'm not going to church anymore. That kind of thing. We, we said, right. no, we know what God wants. And an interesting thing I noticed when I finished going to life skills when Jean and I slept. She would sleep on the very far end of the bed, and I would sit there feeling very insecure. And as time went on, and I, and I would sit there and think like, well, that, I had created this environment. I need to just understand this is going to take time to resolve. Mm-hmm. And so as time has gone on, move closer, and we're always like spooning and snuggling and <laughs> you know, being like this on each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Usually I've got a foot on him or we're touching yeah. him some part. You know, our yeah. arm, yeah, we're either spooned together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right. he just runs hot and I don't want to get too close. Yeah. But, you know, but generally speaking, yeah, we're usually right next to each other as opposed to like this big gap in the middle of our bed. You know, I think also, I think, um, I think, what was it you said? That, you know, going back to the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit really wants us to dig deeper into who we are. Yes. You know, what what how why are we the way we are you know so i think you know i I, I don't know bj i think the way to put it is just that you know if you struggle with the same trigger over and over and over and over and over over and over and over years years and years and years of people have been trying to help you and help you help you that's something to dig into you know and really look at um god's telling you i'm telling you to go look at this because it keeps showing up in your life so right. I need you to go and get your journal out, that one that you can sit on the shelf with all the blank pages that someone gave to you for some reason or another. <laughs> go out there and sit there and start digging in and going, when did this happen? What, back, and just keep going back and back and back and back and back until you figure out when exactly this actually happened. And then, trigger, and then write out how you felt, what happened, all the details so you can get it all written down. Right. You know, and what, where, you know, and why was it? And that's the part, that's the wrestling of God we're talking about, the wrestling of the Holy Spirit, really taking the time to dig in deep to figure out, you know, I'm always angry. Well, go figure out why are you always angry? Stop waiting on somebody to come telling you. You yeah. can do it. You and God. This is your yeah. chance. This is what God wants you to do is dig deep and right. figure it out, you know? And so, um, and then consequently, then once you do figure out what, what was it, what were the circumstances and, you know, what, what, kind, what was the situation that happened? And it's going to be multiple situations, you know? And then you can start getting a plan for, okay, the next time something like this happens, I'm going to respond in a more godly way and start looking for scriptures that help you with that, you know? Right. And so in that way, you know, your husband's not calling up, you know, sister so-and-so and saying, oh, she's lost her temper again. You know, and like, she's like, okay, I'm coming on over because it's been the 20th time you've done it, you know, over the years, right. you know, or the past mm-hmm. year. And so instead you're doing the work of, and it's work, believe yeah. me, because tears and crying and really journaling it out to figure out what is causing what's what what's causing that trigger you know why do you want to live with that trigger it's a pain point god's showing you a pain point dig in there and go dig out that pain point that's the that's the root 
you got to dig, 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 dig. And you may have to dig a little bit. You know, the older we get, you know, the further we have to go back in time. Yeah. And figure out, you know, it may have been you were five years old and something went sideways and, you know, mm -hmm. and you got, you really have to address it. Sometimes that's really hard because, you know, there's a lot of unfortunate situations that happen or, you know, misunderstandings and, you know, maybe when you're a kid and you felt helpless while things were going crazy around you, who knows? But, um, you know, but you got to dig into it because that triggers affecting your life and affecting your relationships, you know? I, I was so. going to say, I think one uh, conviction we've walked away and we've really grown in is that whatever, you know, the other does, if it, if it does something to upset us, we, we remind ourselves that relationship is more important than the conflict, than the conflict or the issue. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, for me, I've decided there's nothing that Gina can do that would get me so upset. I just kind of go, yeah. you know, prayed about it and, and then just, uh, just put it in perspective. Yeah. And, um, and, and realizing that, you know, when thing, things that Gina does that maybe, you know, I get upset about, it's really, I'm triggered about something. You yeah. know, again, it goes back to, I don't feel like Gina's listening to me or what it is. And I go, no, that's not it. Because it's like I was, for example, I was cleaning out the garage and, you know, I've been trying, we've been trying to clean out clutter and it's very hard uh, for Gina because she'll look at things and go, oh, I don't know what I want to do with that. So I'll just put it away like an old, uh, you know, an old bill or a mail or something. Right. Do it, you know. Make a phone call, do I need, what do I need to do? I, I, I'm stuck. I'm frozen. Mm -hmm. So he deals with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know. Because he's not emotionally tied to it. I'm emotionally tied to it. Right. He's not. So I let him deal with it. You know, I just, I just look the other way because one of he's like, but, 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 he's like, I'll take care of it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Just step away. You know, and, you know th there have been times where I've been cleaning all, this has been like a year and a half process. I'll clean all this stuff out and I'll go, why can't you just throw things away? And I thought, no, that's, that's a challenge for her. Right. And so I'm helping her deal with that challenge of being sensitive to things that maybe we should keep that. It'd be like some memento from Jasmine and Megan when they were growing up or right. certain things like that. Okay, let me keep that. But some, but a lot of this stuff in that pile, no, it just goes. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of things from when we were going through really tough times, we lost the house and we're getting, we were in debt to everybody. So you get the constant first notice, last notice, past due notice, final notice, call us, we're gonna, you know, we're coming after you, all the, just you name it. And I just, I was too overwhelmed. I was mm -hmm. just like, how do I, I got a husband that's off the deep end. I've mm -hmm. got my, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep up, maintain a household. My business is failing. You know, I'm losing my home. How do I deal with this? Mm -hmm. And you just, you just start compartmentalizing. You're like, nope, I can't look at it. And I would just mm -hmm. take the envelopes, I just put them away. Right. Yeah, I look out, put them in a the box with a lid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> put them away, you know. And so he's opening those lids and like, oh, a lot of mail in here. I'm like the things that was like from you know back then. And he's just you know dumping it. So it's like, yeah, if someone needs us. I'm sure they'll find us if they need us. You know, but mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that stuff's been taken care of since then. You know, right. so I, I don't really want to go back and revisit those right. painful times. You know, so he's just he's deleting that pain for me, and I appreciate him for that. Mm -hmm. you know? And and you're pretty happy because you see things clearing up. The clutter going away. Yeah, clutter. Yeah, <laughs> we're both happy. You're like, oh, the clutter. The things clutter. we've been holding on to. Yeah, gone. I don't have to deal with it anymore. <laughs>
it's such a great example really of God decluttering our lives. Yeah. You know, he's making us deal with things, which is what you're saying, because he's decluttering. I love the fact that you both talked about just wrestling with God. I mm -hmm. think there's a, I don't know, I think there's something in the Christian world that makes us believe that we shouldn't have to fight so hard, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest fallacy. I, I, I wish people didn't, didn't, I wish that story would go away. <laughs> yeah, because it, it hurts us. You know, because that's, that's, that's definitely not the case. And I don't know how we, how we, how these Christians manage to sell that story. But yeah. I was like, yeah, become a Christian and life will be better. No, yeah. that's not the case. You become a Christian, now you gotta start digging. You know? Absolutely. And God never says that, but somewhere we just that. gain that for ourselves and just think, oh, everything's going to be rosy now. But God is saying, no, now the work actually begins. Work begins. You're just going to mm -hmm. do it with me, doing it with you. You know, mm -hmm. working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not just words. It's really, I need to work out some stuff. Just work out some, and really work out some stuff. You might be journaling right. and you might be journaling and journaling. And then you think you've got it all figured out. And a week, two weeks, a month later, you're like, wait a minute, there's more. Mm -hmm. And then you have to dig in and dig, you know, because it's not just one situation that causes a trigger. Right. It's, it's multiple situations. You figure out one situation that causes a trigger, and you get that figured out, and you put to bed. And you go, oh, wait, there's another situation that causes a trigger. You know? Yeah. One of the things that you know there's a trigger is when you can find a situation and you remember exactly what was happening at that time, like it happened <laughs> yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. If it happened, if it was like, I remember what I was wearing. I remember what the, what the weather was like. I remember what time it was. I remember what he nope. said. She said this happened. That happened. I remember everything. And it was like, so when does this happen? It's not like it happened yesterday. No, this was like ten years ago. Yeah, like, ten years ago. You're still dealing with this. You still have feelings. You're crying. All of a sudden, it happened ten years ago. Well, let me tell you what happened here. And I, I was feeling this, and then he said this, and she said that. And this all happened. And that's something you need to start digging as a trigger, and you need to start digging in there and figuring out. What's causing you to hang on to that memory so tightly yes. that happened so far in the past that you can't let it go, you know? And God wants you to let it go, but you hang on tight to it. And so you got to start journaling. And not just a story, but mm -hmm. what's causing you to feel those feelings. And that's what's going to take you back in time. I, I just, I did a study with my women a couple of weeks ago on Haman. And, you know, we know the story of Esther and Mordecai, but he wasn't okay with just taking out Mordecai. He wanted to take out Mordecai's people because it was attached to some past trauma. It triggered something, you know, mm -hmm. and we're talking about just not being stuck in your trauma, mm -hmm. you know, and I loved one of the women on the line with me. She said, you know, it's one of those things. If you don't deal with your trauma, your trauma would deal with you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and, and that, happy, you know, you won't be at peace, you know, and the whole right. point, I want you to have peace, you right. know, and so, Part of that piece then is is clearing out all that old, mm -hmm. you know, yucky stuff that you have, you know. Yeah. And 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 we want to do that because God is our safe place. God is our place of sanctuary. So, what better place to do is when you're, you know, with God, you know, because yeah. God's like, well, I love you anyway, so let's go dig it all up together, you know, <laughs> and get it figured out, you know. And so, because you know, God's not going to shame you. God's not going to mm -hmm. guilt you. God's not going to be like, why are you still feeling this thing after all these years? He's not going to say any of that. He's like, God's like, I love you. Yeah. Let's get it figured out. And dealt with, you know. God. And so God you know, gives us peace, but we have to take it. Yeah. It's not yes. just, uh, you know, it's uh, I grant you peace, but well, we have to take it. Yeah. And if we don't take it, then we're going to be in turmoil. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I think there's oh, a lot of beautiful. Christians in turmoil. 
and I, and I think they're wondering if I should be happier. And then you gotta start, just pick a, pick a trigger, anywhere. Pick, pick something that's like, what's bugging you? And mm -hmm. just start digging on it, you know? And it might right. be digging on it for a day, it might be digging on it for a month, it might be digging on it for a year, who knows? But until you get to the bottom of it, you know, but understand that, um, kind of what Sean was saying, that the relationship is more important than the conflict. Mm -hmm. The relationship with God is more important than the conflict. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, so consequently, he's like, God is always going to be there. And so you might as well just go and get it figured out and dug out and um, sort it out. And um, it might be that you have to have a conversation. It might be that you have to write a letter to somebody and then burn it. And mm -hmm. who knows? You know, whatever's going to work. You, you'll, you'll, you'll know what the right thing is, you know? Um, right. So, you know, in some cases you might have you know, feelings about people who have long since passed away and you gotta, you know, you can't hang on to those feelings. Mm -hmm. And so, um, because it holds you back. That's the thing, it's not right. them. This right. is about digging with you and your relationship with God. You know, you've gotta dig into it. And so, um, you know, you, you gotta take the time and do the work. That's I don't talk too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't talk too much. That's, that's awesome. Cause you want, you know, I always want the listening audience to, I always talk about you got to keep it real. This yeah. isn't a podcast about making things sound Christian-y and pretty and shiny. I no, want it to I be real. Being a Christian life is messy. <laughs> being a Christian is messy. It's and messy. when someone is right in the throes of their stuff, whether it's their triggers or whatever they're wrestling with, they don't want to hear from someone who's got it all dressed up and tied up mm -hmm. into a pretty bowl. They want to hear from someone who's like, you know what, I'm in this battle too and I'm fighting it out. I'm doing the best I can just to get up every morning yeah. because it helps them to understand I might be in this place today, but it doesn't mean I'll be in this place tomorrow. Exactly. And yeah. you know what, you, you do the journaling, you won't be in that place. I don't know when tomorrow is, but you won't be in that place. You know, you start digging on these things, you won't be in that place. And eventually you do find that peace that, you know, transcends all understanding, you know? Right. And so because it's like, gosh, you know, you used to freak out over everything. It's like, now you're calm and you're smiling. What's going on with you? Mm -hmm. You know? And so what is that? It's like, you might go at peace. And I got well done. Took care of some things, you know? And so, um, you know, and you feel, part of it, you feel empowered because you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm taking care of this myself. I'm not waiting on someone to fix my life. You know? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people as Christians, I think we wait on someone, that one sister who's going to tell me the right thing yes. that's going to help me change my life. And that's, that's not it. That's not it at all. I mean, we're here to encourage each other, but we have to do our own work. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's the way should we, that's the, that's, you know, that's the, you know, that's the wrestling, you know? And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, we just, and sometimes, you know, you know, when we look at our relationships, sometimes our relationships aren't always healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes as you grow, that relationship is no longer serving you. Right. You know? And so you have to kind of walk away from some relationships yeah. sometimes too. Don't be know? afraid to walk away. And don't be afraid to walk away, you know, um, because it's healthier for you, you know? And mm -hmm. so um, I can see people in some abusive relationships. I think they're in some narcissistic relationships. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's some relationships that naturally cause triggers. And you're like, you know what, this is not a healthy relationship for me. You know, once I figure out what's my, you know, what you figure out what your trigger is, like, oh, you know. And so there's some friendships I've had to let go of. Yeah. You know, yeah. consequently, you know. And there are friendships that are in the world, you know, like good girlfriends, like, you know, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, 
let that go of it because it's not a healthy mm-hmm. relationship for me, you know? Right. And so and, for where I want to go in my life, you right. know? And even being a Christian, there are some Christian relationships that you need to back away from. Absolutely. You need to put yeah. boundaries. Um, boundaries. Sure. You know, I mean, there's some people that you can have a really close relationship with, and there's some people that, you know what, mm, let's meet for coffee. And there's some people that, you know what, you just do a drive-by. It's like, hey, <laughs> I just keep on going. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so um, you really do have to kind of have, you know, your relationships. And so there might be a, a season where you don't have a whole lot of close relationships, you know, right. and that is it, you know, because you're trying to change your relationships, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because you might be naturally, because of your, uh, you know, because of your past, you might be naturally drawn to an unhealthy relationship. And consequently, you know, when you're drawn to that unhealthy relationship, then you get into unhealthy, start doing unhealthy things, you know, mm-hmm. or being unhealthy towards yourself. And then, you know, then you start to step back and go, you know what, that's not healthy. I got to step away. It's not a good relationship for me. You know, yeah. maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to have a communication, but right now I just mm-hmm. can't. You know, you just got to cut it off, you know? It, so. Yeah, I was going to say even too with depression and, and taking medication and all that, there, you know, there are some people you just can't really open up about it because their feeling is, oh, you're just being weak. You're, right. you're just being, uh, you know, a wuss, you know, that, that kind of thing. And I've experienced that and, um, you know, in church. And I'm just like, you know what, you're, you're too um, macho for me or something, you know. Right. Yeah, I was, I'm glad you brought that. I was going to ask you about that uh, because there are stigmas even today. Right. There's still stigmas, especially in church, when it comes to getting the help that you need for mm-hmm. mental health. You know, people feel like, well, if you're close enough to God, you should not be struggling or whatever the case may be. So how have you been able to finagle that? Like you said, people who are like, suck it up. You're being a wuss. You know, how are you able to manage well, I, I think around it? God has blessed us and that, he, that he's put people in our lives that more uh, are more understanding and understand, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, the Bible teaches us that love is patient, love is kind, you know. And I think he's put people like this, uh, like that in our lives, like um, in the Bible talk we're at, you know, we're very, uh, the couple's name who leads it is just is Sean and Jesse. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, can talk with them very openly. And there's other brothers and sisters where I just share, hey, this is what I'm struggling with, you know, with depression or anxiety. Could you pray for me? And I don't get that like roll your eye or you know things like that you know right. uh, and so i think he's put us in a, in a great environment people who have never had to deal with mental health issues mm-hmm. they don't know they don't know what, it's, what that's like you know mm-hmm. um it's not their fault you know but they, they just don't know what that's like and mm-hmm. so um so you know but that is something you get to leave god mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry you don't get yeah. to leave god because of it you know um it means that you don't just that you 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 do need to seek out some people who maybe do understand mental health right. issues, um, you know, and, and go from there. But, you know, at least for us, I mean, there's, there's certain things, um, I call them a life command, you know, mm-hmm. there's some things that, um, these are the hard rules that you just will never break. Right. Like personal rules that you will never break. For me, one of my life commands is I'm not walking away from God. You mm-hmm. know? So house can burn down, I can lose a house, I've lost two houses, you know? Um, I've lost a lot of my personal belongings, you know, because I've had to move so many times. And so, um, but I'm not walking away from God. I'm not 
and you know, seeing angry or mad at God goes, well, God would never let this happen to me. And this is no, it's just that's just life circumstance, you know. Right. And so um, you gotta kind of figure out well, what's you know, I'm not leaving my husband. I'm not walking away from my husband. You know, life commands. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. So and there's usually only like you know two or three. It's not like a big long list, but it's kind of like you know the basic when it really comes down to it. You know, what are your life? What what are your convictions? Your life command. You mm-hmm. listen to commit. Yes. Don't leave God, you know, for me, you know, don't leave your husband, you know, the world can burn. These are the things that you just, you're not giving up on, mm-hmm. you know, you're not walking away from. Right. So, um, you know, and so, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I guess. Well, just, I, I, I love it. Basically what you're saying is we've got to personalize our walks. I think yeah. we've made our walk with God a, a, uh, a group effort. It's a group effort. Let's get everyone yes, together. It's a community thing. It's a group effort when it has to be individual and collectively we worship together. But this is an individual thing for me. You know, I have to have life commands. I have to have something that says I will or I will not cross this line. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if the people sitting across the pew from me. It doesn't matter what their life commands are. I need to know what my convictions are. And that really is what is coming down to, even as you guys have been dealing with the mental health and other people's response has nothing to do with mm-hmm. how we're going to go through this. It's like you guys have decided we are going to go through this. We're going to go through it together. We're going to go through it with God and we're going to go through it with faith. Yeah. And yeah. some people will understand it and some people won't. And that's okay. That's totally Because mm-hmm. they're on their own journeys. You know, they're doing their own journey. You know, Correct. and everyone, everyone, everyone's blessed with a journey and everyone gets everyone. to go on their own and yes. our journeys do not match because that's just how God designed it. We don't right. all do, do, you know, one, two, three step kind of thing. It's right. We all have our own journeys. You know, we have our own and, discoveries. And I've told this to people, life isn't one size fits all. Christianity isn't one size fits all. There's one, you know, doctrine and, and will that God has communicated with us, but how we go through it you know, everybody's different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My tagline, if you've heard the podcast at all is, uh, we don't get to choose our testimony. Right. <laughs> you know, we all have a story obviously, but we don't get to choose our testimony, but God does call us to share the journey, which mm-hmm. is what we're doing. You know, as we're going through and just talking to people, what is your testimony? What has your journey been? Because your journey is going to help someone else's journey. Yeah. There is mm-hmm. someone else I guarantee you who's listening that is struggling with mental health, but they're depending on other people to make it be okay. And Mm -hmm. they're learning from hearing from you guys, you know what? No, I need to wrestle with God. I need to wrestle with this. And Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to understand, but that's okay. God's going to give me the listening ear of someone who does understand. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I just love the fact that no matter what it is that we're dealing with, no matter how huge it is, how hard it is, God uses it. Mm -hmm. He uses it for our good, but also for the good of helping somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. I, I know it's not the easiest thing probably to sit here and talk about, but we did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. <laughs> it was like, probably like, oh, how's this going to go? I've never actually done something like this. You know what, Nietzsche, I was going to say one thing. I always wish that, you know, people would share, but, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, at our church, you know, we talk about our testimony. And then I studied the Bible, and, you know, I got baptized, you know, way back in 1990. Like, Nope. Yeah, that was, you know, and when I talk about that, it's like, well, that's 30 years ago. What else have you done since then? Mm -hmm. You know? 
And I've gone through so much journey since then. The baptismal what lasted two seconds in, yes. in the whole journey of my yes. growth as a Christian. The baptism was momentarily, you know, and so right. you know, it's like I, I, you know, I do wish that you know, as people grow, they talk about where are their struggles now, what are they yeah. learning, how have they grown now, you know, mm, right? Ninety-nine back November second, you know, because our baptism, you know, our, our you know, baptism dates coming up. That's when we got baptized, November second. But I think, um, which is tomorrow, and so, but part of me is like. I have changed and grown so much since right. then. And the things I've mm -hmm. learned in the past few years far make a huge difference compared to where I was as a Christian, yeah. baby Christian back, you know, 30 years 30 ago. 30 years ago. You know? and so, yeah. And I think that if we're not trying to dig something up, you know, and figure out, because there's always something to dig up. I think if we're not trying to figure it out, you know, then we're kind of sitting on the, on the, sitting on the path and we're not walking the journey. You know, right. that's sort of the walk with God. It's, yes. You know, it's on a smooth path. You know, it's got twists and turns and some rocks and boulders we gotta climb over or dig under, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah, but I agree. You know, everyone's got their own journey. Yeah. And, well, uh, that's why we always talk about what are your God sightings? You know, I really don't want to hear when people got baptized. Amen. I pray that they did. And not everybody that I do for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not everyone, awesome. honestly, not everyone I interview is from our church or, you know, I, I don't know until I sit and talk to someone exactly what their background as far as all that is. I really don't know. This is a God podcast. Mm -hmm. And I trust that God's going to give me the people that he wants their voices heard. You know, and when I ask, what are your God's sightings? What are you learning? What is God putting you through? It's not what he put you through 30 years ago, even though that definitely helped change who we are, but he's putting us through something all day, every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always interested in God is continuously showing himself. And I believe we miss it mm -hmm. because we are not opening our eyes to the God that's working in our lives right now. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what this is all about is the God sightings, you know, for us to be able to hear someone share their journey, their hardships, the things they're struggling with right now and finding their way through it by the hand of God, pulling them out, yeah. you know, that gives me courage. That gives me confidence. If I'm someone who's trying to figure out if I want to trust this God person, mm -hmm. that helps me to say yes because I heard from this couple, or I heard from this person, mm -hmm. and they saw God, so that means I too can see God. Yeah, that's exactly mm -hmm. it. It's gonna be a real and genuine relationship with God. You know? Yeah. And so the best part is that God loves us as we're going through all this messiness. Right. Us, you know? mm -hmm. He it's, knew how messy we were when he called us. I know, right? <laughs> so messy. None of this is a surprise. <laughs> exactly you know and just it's the growth it's definitely <laughs> well guys i love you i love you i love you i love you thank you so much for being so honest we have it's been a joy having you guys be a part of our the fosters lives and we just admire who you are so keep it up thanks for being such a great example we'll keep trucking on all right love you. <laughs> all right guys love you take bye. care of yourself bye, bye. <laughs>Thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you've been enlightened and encouraged. I want to say thank you to my incredible guests this week and a special thanks to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. 
And until next time, be on the lookout for the hand of God.